This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For anybody who needs to know, yes, today would be Wednesday, uh, new uniform reveal day. Obviously, all that dropped at noon. Um, We're going to get to all that here. Jeff Lloyd and then from SI.com, Mr. Pete Smith, part of Browns Digest over at SI.com. Classic, traditional, uh, basically went back to where they came from. Uh, The brown, not as chocolate, a little more darker, closer to black. Um, Orange, just a true accent color at this point. A little switch up, so to speak, in the color rush jerseys. Pete, what you think, big guy? Well, the first complaint I got from a friend of mine was no orange pants, but they're fine. I mean, they're, they're, they look good. Uh, they, you know, they, they, they're just modernized. And a lot of that is just that they, they you know, the, the way Nike makes these things in these companies is they're far more, they're far tighter. So uh, when, when they, they don't look sort of like they're just sort of hanging on you like a, a wrinkled up shirt, they certainly look better, even if you go, simple and then they have the that color rush that was obviously super popular they kept and that's sort of their sort of accent piece and their sort of ability to be a little bit creative but uh yeah i mean it's they they they, all they had to do was land the airplane on this Uh, they they the the other part the last years were so unpopular and the last uniforms in general were so unpopular that they could have literally just brought out old jerseys like uh, Otto Graham's onesie and and gotten you know largely a positive review so I mean the the challenge wasn't really that high of a bar but I mean they they followed the you know the same game plan as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did where they went super ambitious last time everybody hated them so they went backwards and just sort of uh, updated a, a, a largely popular version they they you know they look good now they have to play good. Look, in, yeah, at the end of the day, um, whatever they look like, I don't think anybody cares uh, if they went out there and they wore, you know, practice skivvies and somehow went 10 and 6 and went to the playoffs. That would be the bottom line. Um, the darker I, I like here. Um, I do like that they kept the color rush. Obviously, it looks like they did the elimination of, you know, the orange stripes, um, which is fine. I mean, I, I think the color rush jerseys kind of got – basically done to death over the last two years with it being the main uniform last year. And I believe it was four times they wore it in 2018. So, you know, less of that I'm okay with, um, you know, orange pants in some capacity would have been nice. Um, um, and for those of you who still think that there's something else coming, I, I don't believe so. Um, everybody else, when they do this, they reveal every stitch of what they got. So I don't believe it's something that they're to this point. Um, it is a modern twist on a um you know i think maybe the players like it because it's the modern twist on the traditional obviously these videos we've seen from some of these players over the years when odell saw them or when baker saw them uh so you know i think they just decided and they went with what the majority of the fan base asked for um other than the orange pants which i i, I guess you essentially you know whatever it is what it is you, you can't get past it this is what it is um if but they're you know their primary colors are brown and white so you know stick with what is the primary and that's what they did um works for me uh you know it, it's it's about winning at the end of the day who great but please it doesn't matter what these uniforms look like let's talk about a january ball game 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's largely going to be it. I mean, uh, they have the notable advantage of me being able to read the home jerseys this time, which I appreciate. But yeah, I mean, there there is a a, a sort of jersey sugar high, and undoubtedly they're going to sell a bunch of these. They did a great job. Uh, sort of wetting the appetite for people uh, with the little teasers they put out. And obviously, you know, the Bucks and the Falcons and the Rams and, and some of these other teams doing things and the Colts doing that thing with a really ugly C. Um, you know, they, 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 there's going to be a little bit of a buzz, a little bit of a sugar high, and they'll probably sell a bunch of these things, which is, you know, good for the Browns and, and, certainly more attractive uh, jerseys to see people wearing around. But um, if they come out and they have good looking jerseys and they look and they play terrible, then they're just going to be terrible. If they, if they come out and play well, then, you know, you can wear just about anything. But it's certainly it's an improvement on what they had. Um, obviously it's always a positive when, you know, players are excited about what they're going to wear. I mean, you know, you want to jump in on the gets us meter, Adrian Claiborne uh, flexing some social media muscle with that, uh, which will make him an instant, instant success, no matter how, how how he actually plays on the field. Smart on his part. But yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's fun. It's it's good. It's done. And now, you know, you, you've got a week from tomorrow is the NFL draft. Um, and, and good on them. I mean, they stood steadfast, uh, you know, for the most part, they essentially weren't leaked, but I mean, who'll be kidding. We've all seen mock-ups of these uniforms to this point. Uh, folks over at U stadium, they seem to have been pretty much on it. And we, you know, had seen these before. So when the pictures actually became official, it was like, all right, well, I've actually seen this picture Um, this exact picture of all the uniforms put together. Um, so again, with that, uh, this part of it has moved on. Like Pete said, we got to get a draft, uh, a draft to get to here in a week. Uh, got a lovely, stupid, fat rumor here. We'll get to here in a second. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, today, locked on rounds. You're looking for gear made from a good company, um, family-run business. Brian Zabo and his family, great folks. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they're going to have some new things in store now with a little bit of switch in the color scheme here. Obviously, they've done a great, great amount of work to this point nonstop. I'm sure they got uh, some new merchandise they're ready to probably get working on and get out. So you're looking to support a great cause and obviously small family-owned businesses. Times like this are the ones that are in the most difficulties. ZaboApparel.com, at ZaboApparel on Instagram, on Twitter, S-Z-A-B-O, the fine folks over at Zabo Apparel. Well, Pete, you know, and you knew something – like this was going to happen, whether it was something where you tried to pump up the Browns fan base, or there was going to be that certain part where it just wanted to essentially, you know, kick them between the, kick them between the legs, so to speak. And, you know, obviously what, 25, 30 minutes before um, you get reports from Mark Malusis. Mark Malusis got to start in the, this business by being Chris Russo and Mike Francesa's coffee boy, essentially. Um, now all of a sudden he's claiming he's got information that, the Browns will just move on from Odell to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2021 20, and mind you second and fifth round pick. Sure. Pete. I mean, you only have one wide receiver right now. If you were actually maybe ready to go to do anything with Jarvis, you know, it's going to be a summer arrival. If obviously we're able to go, that's maybe when the timetable you're looking for him. 
But sure, you know, I mean, you only have seven picks in this draft. Why don't you go ahead, get rid of, you know, your top wide receiver um, to a team that doesn't really have any cap space? It's whatever. I mean, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, obviously there's somebody else that's got an interview. It's about to drop with Adam Sandler. I mean, Adam Schefter, rather where Schefter said in no way, shape, or form, and the Browns moving Odell Beckham Jr. Even Mary Kay Cabot's reached out and gotten this and labeled this, quote, on. Uh, um, nobody seems to remember the fact that Andrew Barry said the team wasn't looking to trade Odell Beckham. They will take calls on anyone. They have not ruled out anything, and they never will. Uh, under this regime, but they said they aren't looking to trade Odell Beckham yet. Um, we keep, you know, every other week there's a, a trade rumor with Odell Beckham. Uh, the Brady Quinn's got a trade rumor that they're they're going to trade him to the 49ers on uh, on draft day. Um, unless somebody's willing to give the Browns, you know, their whatever they they they'd want or more. They're not going to do it. And this rumor in particular had the Browns taking a bath on value uh, with the second and fifth that were for next year, um, which it just, it just doesn't make any sense. It's not a very smart move. And the Vikings aren't really interested in this either. They don't have any money. Uh, they have $12 million in cap space right now, uh, and they still have to work out a deal with uh, – Anthony Harris, if they're going to go that route, they, they may want to re-sign Everson Griffin. They've got a bunch of holes to fill. They have no second – they have no corners at all at this point. But they're going to, you know, trade what, what – you know, draft assets to get a receiver. They had Stephon Diggs. They could have just kept him. I mean, it just – it doesn't make any sense on on any level, but – Anything that has Odell Beckham and trade uh, gets a ton of publicity, and inevitably we have to answer it, uh, which is fine. Uh, but it's just the deal would have to be pretty spectacular for the Browns. And, and, and again, you watched uh, whether it was Sashi Brown before or Andrew Berry now, you know, they're not just trading stuff. For the sake of trading stuff, they, they you know, the, the Browns got a seven, a full, a good fullback for a seventh round pick. I, like they're not giving away Odell Beckham; he's an asset. Sashi Brown, you know, worked the Panthers to get a fourth round pick for a punter. I mean, they, 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 there's no incentive for them to trade him now. They, they could trade him in, you know, months if they still wanted to. So there's no pressure to do it. There's nothing that suggests uh, that. You know, either side is unhappy with their current predicament. It's just, it's it's just something that that, that will always get uh, do do clicks, get traffic, all that stuff, and it's just not uh, reasonable. Well, the thing for me is, is you look at what Minnesota was able to get back in their move for trading away Stefan Diggs, and you know, basically fleece ball a Buffalo of a ton ton of draft allocution and. You know, second and fifth in 2021, I mean, when all of this, I mean, could who knows? I mean, right now, we don't even know there's going to be a 2020 college season. So, I mean, just the falseness of it. Um, and again, it is. It's the Odell is a lightning rod. Uh, you put these things out there. You get, um, you, you get, you know, 
you get the action. You get the people who obviously are going to chime in on it. And it's kind of where it puts us into this situation here. Um, this is actually my first one here. First tweet on the New Jersey's it is I was able to buy one that looks like an old school Michael Dean Perry jersey. But in all actuality, it's just a Chad Thomas jersey that has number nine that says Perry on the back. Yeah, that's not the one you want. That's 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 not the one you want, Pete. Not at all. No, Michael Dean Perry one might might uh, there's more of a chance that another guy with 92 uh, named Perry will come through and be great than uh, <laughs> you get any any run out of that uh, Chad Thomas one. Uh, yeah, they they uh, MVP baby. That was uh, I still can't believe that McDonald's had a, a burger named after him, and then they they brought in Jerry Ball. And they nicknamed them breakfast. They, they nicknamed them Russian Crush. And then both started to get a little heavy and slower, uh, potentially because uh, Perry was eating too many MDPs and they started calling them breakfast and brunch. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, 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 yesteryear here. Um, we're going to get to a little bit here on the draft here. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, we're going to keep rolling you through here on a Wednesday. Um, just a quick one here to get you, uh, obviously, some information with the news of the day. So appreciate everybody for riding along here with us here on Locked on Browns. Pete, we're getting deeper and deeper into this. And now this seems to be the new Browns fans' favorite one is, well, if the tackle class is really great, and maybe this is where you get the monotony of an Odell rumor today is, now all of a sudden everybody's gung-ho about, maybe let's get a wide receiver at 10. I, the flip-flopping, and the man, I really wish it was next Wednesday and not this Wednesday without still a week to go, because you know the closer you get to it, you know the more the craziness comes out, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with everybody being locked up, so I'll give you some slack as far as that goes but we're going from what is such a prime situation for this franchise to luckily be in now after all these years so yeah let's just try and re-rent the wheel and let's go wide receiver now at 10 i mean where are we going here folks what are we doing uh this is the 2020 version of take saquon barkley and take whatever tackles or take whatever quarterbacks left um the tackle class is historically great. Um, if uh, Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs and, and Mackay Becton and uh, Jedrick Wills weren't in this class, Josh Jones would likely be a top 10 pick. Uh, he'd be the first tackle off the board and nobody would be sitting there worrying about it. Uh, but you are spoiled with great options and Andrew Thomas, you know, and, and Tristan Wirfs are guys that look like they could be multiple-time Pro Bowlers. Mackay Becton could be an All-Pro if, you know, if, if all that size and potential goes where it's supposed to. And Jedrick Wills um, is just a, a a guy who's just going to, you know, basically knock knock people down uh, the field four yards at a time. I mean, there's there's all these things to love about these guys, but. Uh, this is also a historically loaded wide receiver class, and you can always get wide receivers. Every class is great. There's never a bad time uh, to go get wide receivers, and every year there's guys who succeed from the first round all the way through the seventh round and guys who aren't drafted in at all. But it's really hard to find uh, super talented 300-pound players because there aren't that many of them. Um, and yeah, there's certainly an argument that you don't need a superstar left tackle, uh, but that's not an argument to take a wide receiver at 10. That's an argument to trade down from 10 into the 12, 13, 15, 16 range 
get something else and then take a tackle. But uh, it's it's one of those things where you know you may not have the super fun idea of what a tackle would do for this team. But if you're looking at it from the Browns' perspective, if they draft a left tackle that's pretty good uh, and they have him for four years, five years, uh, or longer, their entire offense is intact for at least the next year or two. Uh, Kareem Hunt and David Njoku would be the only notable players that could theoretically be free agents next year. Um, and that's if they don't pick up Njoku's option or uh, which isn't that bad, or they just don't love what he's going to, you know, does the, the, let's say they decline it, but they love what he does this season and they sign him to an extension. Other than that, the entire offense would be intact. And I don't think that is a fluke. I think that is a specifically planned thing they want to do where they want to have their offense entirely put together for the, for a few years in a row, you know, 2020 is probably not going to be great for any number of reasons, not the least of which is, you know, whatever pandemic issues come from this. Uh, but if they can get their offense together uh, this year and look pretty good and look very promising for next year, then they could potentially make some big splashes on defense, build that up uh, and make that work. But the, I've, I've discussed this before. It's a lot like what the Indianapolis Colts did uh, to win the Super Bowl in 2006. Uh, their offense was done. I mean, they didn't do anything else in the offense. It was largely just getting a good enough defense to where they could win. They added uh, Booger McFarland as their big get, and they played just enough defense to win the, win the Super Bowl. Uh, and, yes, uh, looking forward to Booger McFarland doing a fantastic job um, on draft coverage. And certainly Michael Irvin has a lot of people got cut from what is now going to be joint coverage. We've been through this. Your biggest need right now you have a you're still not positive you have starting linebacker as long as everything helps as you can probably sit there. We agree with receivers and eat here. We grow and we get to talk. And you can stress that you really like, like, in, the, like in the 50 to 100 range. There's guys in the 100 range. And with this group especially, you're going to be sitting there on day three going, well, just take him because he's really, really good and it's – you know, a defensive tackle who's a little too short, athletic enough, and didn't produce enough just because you need a, a defensive tackle. Here, the thoughts of Judy, the thoughts of Lamb, yes, fantastic players. Two guys to get the job with Baker Mayfield. Even though it's going to be a new team, they felt the two biggest needs were offense. Other one to go end tight end. You know, those type moves tell me. You've got to get into the wide receiver game now. If this was the case, they probably would have gotten on it a lot earlier. Um, so wide receiver, let's say let's say um, they take the best wide receiver in this class and you love him and he's great instantly, uh, and you, but you're running a, a heavy two tight on, into offense. And I'm sure on some level – uh, that uh, Kevin Stefanski would adapt, but he's made it pretty clear he wants to run two tight end offense. So who is coming off the field to get that receiver on the field? Because I got an idea. I, I know who it would be, uh, and nobody's going to like that answer. So 
if your base offense is two tight ends, two wide receivers, and Chubb or, you know, Hunt, whatever, and you potentially bring in fullback, you potentially do these other things, how much time is this first-round receiver you're taking going to be on the field? It's going to be extraordinarily disappointing uh, to just sit there and see how often they're not playing. You know, Andy, Jan- you, you can't just put 12 guys on the field because you want to be able to put your fullback out there, but you have to get Jerry Judy or, or C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs on the field. So are you taking Jarvis Landry off the field? Because that's sort of where this goes. And, yes, there are going to be times where they use three wide receiver sets. But they want to be a hard-nosed football team, and they want to be able to use personnel to force defenses to adjust, particularly from big to small, uh, and, and more more notably small to big. So if they go from, you know, three receivers to going double tights with a fullback, they're going to make the defense adjust to that. They're only going to have, you know, one receiver on the field or no receivers on the field in that situation. How attractive does a highly drafted receiver look in that case? And obviously uh, Landry's hip is a question mark. And, I've, and, and the, 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 you know, the pandemic may benefit him if they have to move the calendar back uh, a little bit because then he's more likely to be healthy for whatever training camp ends up being. But if, if he's a question mark or he can't practice or whatever, yeah, you need some help, but it doesn't require a first-round pick. Basically, you're saying at that point that, one, in his rookie year, this guy's probably not going to play very much, and two, next year, you're getting rid of one at least one of those receivers. Now, again, I've got an idea, but I'm not the one advocating for this position. Uh, no, you're not. And uh, I think everybody would be it'd be a uh, safe bet. Everybody knows which way there's money is going to go here. Pete, there's still talk here with the quarterbacks. And obviously with Tua, you don't know what you're going to get here injury-wise. And look, you could be basing as a front office, making a decision on Tua as your franchise quarterback. And if it doesn't work out, you're not going to get an opportunity to do a second one here. Thinking a little bit about the Chargers and the way this could play out for them. And a scenario for the last, you know, probably eight or whatever, in round two and having him come in and giving you some sort of Russell Wilson 2.0 type of career. I, I think that's what they want to do. I mean – whether Eason, a guy like Jalen Hurts, or, or something to that effect, I think they want to take, you know, a fat kid in the first round or, or potentially a defensive player. Uh, I mean, again, it, it, for the same – I mean, the Browns need a left tackle. The Chargers could certainly use a left tackle. Um, but it's also just how many opportunities do you have uh, to get a player of this sort of talent level at this position? And I see all these rankings where I see – you know, like guys like Andrew Thomas in the teens or Josh Jones in the low 20s or Edric Cleveland in the 40s. And I don't know what planet they're on. I mean, Andrew Thomas is a phenomenal football player. Tristan Wirfs has some, some issues to clean up, but he's great. If you're a power team, uh, you may not love Jedrick Wills for his height, but if you're a team like the Giants and you just want to knock people over so Saquon Barkley can go down the field, He's a great player. Uh, and then Mekhi Becton, you know, if he's if he's everything that he could be, he's he's freaking Orlando Pace-style type player. Um, you don't get many cracks at that. You're lucky if you get one of these guys in a draft, and there are all four of them. 
and then Josh Jones, and then Ezra Cleveland, and then Austin Jackson. And, and there's just so much talent at that position uh, that, that I think people are spoiled with it. Uh, so if you're the Chargers and let's say you take, let's say, Tristan Werps because they look like they're going to be more zoned, uh, and they go with him, they've got Bulaga, they've got all those, you know, they've got a pretty good group of receivers already uh, and weapons. They've got Hunter Henry kind of coming back. Uh, they've got Austin Eckler, and then they, you know, whether, Tyrod is fine, I guess, and then you add Jalen Hurts that mix, and he's, you know, let's say he's good. You know, that's a pretty good offense, and you've got a really nice defense that sort of, that has some really young pieces, but a guy like Melvin Ingram uh, is, I think, on the last year of his deal, or one, one or two more uh, left, so you know, you, you uh-huh. want to be able to try to hit the ground running. And obviously if you take a shot on a guy like Hertz, let's say round three or you get you get you don't want to miss out and you take him in round two and it doesn't work, it's not nearly as crippling as going all in on a guy like Tua and having an injury. Or or, you know, you take uh the kid from Oregon and he's just not good enough. You know, either way, it's a much lower stakes gamble uh at that you know at that position. So I think the Chargers have probably the right idea in how to approach this quarterback class uh, since they're not going to get Joe Burrow. Uh, and then, you know, they if, if Hurts doesn't work or they, they take somebody else that doesn't work, they they can at least, you know, reload and do this a different way. But they'll still have what they hope is a franchise left tackle. It's it lines up well for them, obviously. And the key, obviously, is having the defense you know put together like they do here. And obviously, health is going to be the key for them because uh, you know at times last year and you know missing some of these star defensive players that you're relying on, especially for versatility. You know, Derwin James, you know, exclusive to that. Um, and which brings up the you know just one of the things related to Isaiah Thomas is it's great when you're so versatile, but uh, you know what's your defense going to do if God forbid you're not there because you got one guy doing three four jobs? Um, are you going to replace? a player of that ilk here. Pete, like we said, he's away here. Um, your gut feeling is the Browns, I, I guess we're both in agreement here, the Browns are going to end up with Andrew Thomas at 10. I, I, I'm, I hope that happens. I don't think it will. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that would be a home run to me. I mean, right now, if you could tell me that I'm going to walk out of this draft with Andrew Thomas and Grant Delpit in the first two rounds, I love everything about it. Um, I, it, I, I'm i more and more concerned that the Bucks are going to jump up into that top 10. I think Jacksonville's a natural st- trading spot for them. In that scenario, you're almost rooting for the Falcons to trade up to Jackson, the Jags uh, because maybe they'll take a guy like C.J. Henderson or Javon Kinlaw or uh, Derek Brown, uh, but if the Bucks do it, you know they, they're a team that makes a ton of sense for Andrew Thomas. They've got to protect Brady. Uh, now they can't wait. They, they don't. Their potential is great, but they need somebody who can protect him right now. And if they're intent on doing that, the Browns don't really have another option. I don't see them, you know, trying to trade up ahead of the of, of wherever the uh, Bucks might end up. So in that scenario, if if Andrew Thomas is off the board. If Tristan Wirfs is off the board, I expect the Browns will trade down and then take either Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland. Those are those are the four people. I, I, the Browns, I believe, will end up with one of those four players. 
I would agree. Um, you know, defensive player. Uh, again, folks, it's not going to be a wide receiver. Uh, like Pete said, um, if all goes well here, um, you're going to want to spend the number 10 overall pick on Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb to play 20 to 25 reps a game. And that would maybe possibly be on the high side. And if they were in a spot where they were essentially losing the game. So, um, all right. So we've talked to Unis here today. Obviously, we talked the Odell nonsense. Always some draft talk here. I uh, wanted to get this in here. Obviously, this is your Cleveland Browns news of the day. About the new uniform. Position group breakdowns here, picking five games per unit. That would be Browns. So make sure you're checking all that out on SI.com through Browns Digest. Pete does a fantastic job and his team over there. Make sure you're following at Browns Digest on the Twitter machine at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. So it was a follow back account. Uh, DMs are open. Anything uh, you guys want, questions, stop putting in the show here. You got about seven, eight more of these before we kick off the draft next Thursday night. So a lot of time to sneak some stuff in here, some more draft talk. Uh, I'm going to bury in a couple more guests here over the week here before we get things cracking next weekend with the 2020 NFL draft. Make sure you're following me at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Along here, uh, I think for the most part, the reception for the new uniforms has been pretty positive other than the missing of the orange pants. I guess not everything can go perfect, folks. Maybe this is the world we're living in now. Maybe we should get a little bit used to it. Um, and with that, we'll put a bow on this one. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.